Welcome back in to another episode of Peter's Proffer here in the courtroom of current events. And currently, something's going on. We have our local judicial candidates coming up for election here. The primaries are in a couple weeks. So we're going to go through why it's important to look into this, to actually vote for your local judges. Um, We're going to talk about what to look for. Um, And if you guys have any questions about it or want any more comments on the judges that are actually running or up for election this year or any future years, feel free to reach out to us. As always, social media at Tragos Law. And my email is petertragos at greeklaw.com. Okay, we are back in here. I've got my dad on here with me. We have people that reach out to us all the time, and for years past, they've even done this to me, and I know to you as well, just kind of asking, who do we like that's running for judge? What are they like? Um, How are they in the courtroom? What did they do before they became a judge? Things like that. Just asking who to vote for, since we are the ones that appear um, in front of them. We're the ones that worked with them before they became judges. So it's a question that you know, a lot of people seem to ask, but it doesn't seem to, like a lot of people care or even know what's going on when the local judicial elections are happening. And this year they are, the primaries are on August 28th, and then the general is 11-6, so November 6th. Why don't you talk about, first off, what the difference is between the primary and the general election? Well, the primary election, obviously, they try to whittle down. If you've got more than two candidates in a particular race, then the top two vote-getters go to the general election for the final election. However, if someone gets a majority of the votes, or if you only have two judicial candidates running in the race, and one wins and one loses, that ends it. The winner will become a judge, and you never go to the general election. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how this process works. Well, first off, if you live in Pinellas County, you vote for Pinellas County judges. You live in Pasco County, you vote for Pasco County judges. Or Hillsborough County, you just vote for county judges that are in your county. Circuit's a little bit different. Those judges can be multiple counties. For instance, Pinellas and Pasco County are one circuit, the Sixth Circuit. So everybody in both those counties will vote for circuit judges. So counties are smaller than circuits, but you're still only voting for whatever county or circuit you live in. That's correct. And the difference between county judges and circuit judges is the jurisdiction. County judges do misdemeanors and cases under $15,000, and they only serve in one county. Whereas some circuit judges can have multiple counties, they do felonies for criminal, and they do over $15,000 for civil cases. So circuit is a little bit bigger than county. That's correct. Okay. Right. So that, that's what you're actually looking at when you're voting in these judicial elections. That's why you may have different judicial candidates than you know your friend or your coworker. If you live in a different county or different circuit, you're going to have different judges that come up on your ballot. Um, let's talk a little bit about how the county and the circuit court judges who are actually elected by we the people are different from, you know, federal judges or even some appellate judges. Well, first off, in, in Florida, appellate judges have merit retention, which means you only vote to say, I like him or I don't like him. It's not a contested election where someone's really running against the appellate judges. So the appellate judges are appointed by the governor, and then you just vote whether you like him or don't like him. Unlike, again, the county and circuit judges where you actually have actual elections, people are running against each other, and you elect someone. So that's what one of the reasons it's so important when you vote for governor is they have such a big hand in picking the appellate judges. Right. And then federal judges, those are appointed by the president. No one elects them. You don't have merit retention, so you don't vote whether you like them or not, and they're there for life. Right. So you basically have no say if you don't like a federal judge. Right. 
But it's really important here because you actually have a say in who's going to be a judge in the county or circuit that you live in. So let's first talk a little bit about what the qualifications are to even be able to run for judge. Well, you have to be a lawyer for five years. You have to be obviously graduated from a law school that the American Bar Association has certified. And that pretty much is it. Oh, and you have to live in the area that you're running. Okay. So, and then there's an age cap, right? 70, right. You can't be a judge over 70. So not a lot of requirements. Basically, you just have to be a lawyer that's not a brand new lawyer. Right. And the, by the way, the Constitutional Revision Commission has an amendment proposed to raise that to 75. Okay. All right. So before we get into what to actually look for when you're voting for a candidate, oh, we didn't talk about how often this happens. Every six years, a judge has to run for re-election. So they have a six-year term. Right. Okay. So do they actually have to run every six years, or are there some situations where there's not a contested election? Well, they're up for election every six years, but if no one runs against them, they're automatically in. And does that happen a lot? No, actually, people don't run against incumbent judges very often. I think there's a fear factor in that, well, if I run against this judge and I lose, this judge will hate me and maybe the other judges will hate me. Uh, but it, it rarely happens that an incumbent is run against. Okay, but we do have that happening this year in a couple yes, instances. a couple races. Um, okay, what are some of the st- statistics on judicial voting? Now, sadly, people don't seem to be as excited about their judges. And it could be because judges in their campaigns can't say a lot of the things that uh, regular politicians can say because judges can't say, look, I'm going to put more people in prison or, hey, I'm going to rule this way. They, they just can't. And a lot of that has to do that. with the fact that they're nonpartisan. They're nonpartisan, which means they're not Republican or Democrat, and they have their own code of conduct. They're so kind of they- down the middle. You know, they're, they're supposed to be an unbiased party in most of these things. And so when you have, you know, governors or, you know, state reps or whatever that are running, they can really cater to their audience because right. they know whether they're on the left, on the right in the middle, whatever, they can cater to that audience and they can get them hyped up and say whatever they want to hear. Judges can't really do that. They just have to say, I'm going to be fair. I'm going to do the best thing, best I can, you know, that sort of thing, because they have to kind of toe the middle because they're not on one side of the aisle or the other. Which makes for judicial debates between candidates pretty boring. (laughs) So people don't get really excited about it. A lot of it has to do with their experience as opposed to which side of the aisle they're on. Well, you know, 80% of the people that go to vote don't know any judicial candidates. And if people that are actually in the polls voting, 25 of them, don't, 25%. 25% of them don't even vote for a judge. They just skip that section. So they fill out the entire ballot, vote for everybody, and just skip right over the judges. Right. And that's a, a quarter of the people that actually even show up to vote, which we know how many people don't even show up to vote. Right, right. And, but again, the interesting thing is, although they're not exciting, one of the primary... Uh, fundraising that judges do is they get money from lawyers. So lawyers kind of fund the judicial races. The judges run, but you really, they're not, they can't really say what they stand for, how they're going to vote. So, well, I mean, they're not really voting or lawmaking or things like that anyways. So it doesn't really matter. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't know how they decide their cases, hopefully on a case by case basis, but yeah, so they're not, they're not voting or making any decisions really that way. Um, Okay, so let's jump into kind of the meat of the podcast and talk about what do you really want to look for and what's important when looking for the right judge in your county or your circuit as a civilian or even a lawyer that's listening. What do you look for for the judge that you should vote for? Well, the first thing is experience. Let's take a look at the judge. Has he been a judge for 10 years? 
Uh, does he know, you know, really what he's doing up there? Or if he's not a judge, is he a lawyer? Of course, he has to be a lawyer. So has he been a lawyer? Does he have a lot of good experience? You know, what kind of a reputation uh, does he have in the community? Uh, is he uh, someone that people really respect? Or is he someone that people have no respect for, that he doesn't know anything about the law, and he just wants the job because he needs a job? So some people I know make a big deal about whether or not the, the lawyer was a trial lawyer before becoming a judge. Do you think that's important in every case or no? I think so, but I'm a trial lawyer, and I want a, a judge up there who knows what they're doing, who's been in court, and understands the stress and the pace of a trial. But not everybody agrees with me. Uh, a, and you're not always, I mean, even though you're a trial court judge, trials are all different too, and you don't necessarily go into the practice area that you were practicing. So, I mean, you could be a criminal trial lawyer, and then you end up doing family law trials. Or you could be in probate, and you could be doing something that you didn't know what you were doing anyways, even though you were a trial lawyer. Or you could have been a business lawyer, that you did a lot of corporate work, you're in civil cases, and you're very experienced with how corporations operate. And the, the number of actual trials keeps going down and down and down, so the litigation experience is probably more important than the trial experience, really. Well, that's why people are saying you need a more diverse bench. Right. And, and a lot of people don't know, and we're kind of getting off track now, but the judges rotate. You don't necessarily vote them in for one position and they stay in you know, family law court for the next 25 years. They'll go from family to probate to criminal to domestic to whatever, and you know they can be all over the bench, not just in one practice area. Right. In Pinellas County, Pasco County, because we have such a big circuit and so many judges, we have divisions that they rotate among. Some of the smaller counties have one circuit judge who does everything. Yeah. That's not the way it works here. Right, exactly. So they're, they're pretty much always going to be doing something that they don't have experience in at some point. Right. Which is why they go to, you know, what do they call it, judge school they or whatever? judge school, right. Right, exactly. So they're always going to judge school, learning more about it, learning how to handle these different cases. So, But I guess the point really is just that they actually have experience and they weren't necessarily like, you know, a, a realtor who had a law degree or, you know, something like that. Somebody that didn't actually practice law or knows nothing about the practice of law. That's the type of experience you want to stay away from. A diverse experience is good, though. You don't want to just have all ex-state attorneys or public defenders up there. You don't want to have just all ex-civil lawyers up there. You want to have a good mix. Right. Okay. So um, let's talk a little bit about endorsements. What endorsements do you look for when you're trying to pick out what judge you should vote for? There's two kinds of endorsements, basically. One is what's called neutral endorsements, like a bar association, where you hope they keep politics or keep policy out of endorsing someone, and they just look at that person's qualifications and some of the other things we're going to talk about in a minute that we want to look, in, uh, look at for judges. But then you have the other types of endorsements, endorsements for institutions that are policy-oriented. Give for some instance, examples. Well, for instance, the Florida Family Policy Council. That's a pro-family, pro-life group. Well, when they endorse a candidate or a judicial candidate, then you realize that that person probably has a philosophy or experience that shows that they have a philosophy that's pro-life. Uh, you may have the AFL-CIO, which would look for pro-union judges. Now, you have different groups that have different interests, and they're going to look for judges that they believe are going to side with them on policy questions. So that's the endorsement. You know, if you belong or you trust another organization, look at that organization. 
find out who are they endorsing and whether or not if that organization uh, fits within your policy or your philosophy, you should vote for that judge. And a lot of people talk about like Bernie McCabe endorsing a judge or Bob Gualtieri endorsing a judge, things like that. Right. If you believe Bernie McCabe's a good state attorney and a good prosecutor and he does endorse an assistant state attorney running yeah, for judge periodically, right. then you have to believe that that guy's a, he's pretty, been good their guy, boss. a pretty good girl, depending on who he endorses. Right, and and he's their boss, so he knows right. how they try cases, and he's endorsed him to be a judge. Because right. they're effectively leaving his post to become a judge. Um, but he may still have to deal with them, as he's found out, as a judge in, in his courtrooms with his uh, prosecutor. And as we all know, we might think a judge is going to be a certain way, but when they become judges... They may be a different kind of person than what we thought. Okay, so uh, what, what else do you look for? Well, after you look for that, you look for temperament. Um, is that person the kind of person that you want to be sitting on the bench, making decisions, talking to people? You don't want someone that's screaming at people, demeaning people. That's not the kind of person you want on the bench. So look for a person with even temperament who is uh, someone that's going to have a, a nice demeanor up there so that the citizens, when they come in there, are going to feel comfortable in that courtroom and believe, regardless of the decision, believe they got justice. Okay, another thing you have on here is judicial uh, philosophy, which I know from my perspective as a plaintiff's PI lawyer, I love having plaintiff's PI lawyers as judges because they understand what we have to go through and how we're always trying to push the case and whatever. And sometimes it can be more difficult if it's been a defense attorney up there or whatever because they let it delay. So when I think judicial policy, that's what I think, but that's just kind of benefiting me. What does the average citizen look for as far as judicial philosophy? Well, they want to know, in today's world, strict constitutionalists is an issue. Uh, we know the president looked for someone who is a strict constitutionalist that isn't going to legislate while they're a judge. That's the kind of thing you're looking you for. You mean make the law say what they want it to say versus what they think it actually says. Right, or what it was intended to say when it was written by the founding fathers or the legislature. Right. Okay, um, financial responsibility. I think you want a judge that has not declared bankruptcy three or four times, that knows how to run their own checkbook, that ran their own business successfully, their own law office successfully. So if they can you know, run their own matters, you need someone like that so you have confidence you could be able to run a courtroom. Okay, and uh, lastly, community involvement. A judge should feel like he wants to make the community a better place to live. And as a judge, he has some of the power to do that. A lot of people think county judges, for instance, because they're the lower-level judges, they handle uh, misdemeanors, they handle under $15,000. A lot of people think to them, say, you know, why don't you want to be a circuit judge? And county judges that I know are happy to be county judges because it's the people's court, because they affect people every day, real-life matters, and people should feel comfortable going to that courtroom and feel like they got justice. And that's what those county judges try to do is make life better for people. And a lot of them try to think of, you know, bettering someone's life, not just throwing the book at somebody or dropping the hammer on somebody. Um, but, you know, and this, this is all stuff, all these things we're talking about is stuff that you can find out about these judges, like whether they file for bankruptcy or whatever. And we'll give you some sources. The Google is one that is always good on this stuff. You can just Google these judges' names, and there will be stuff written on them where you can actually see their community involvement, whether or not they file for bankruptcy, what kind of law they practice if they're currently a lawyer running for judge, or what cases they presided over in some, some instances if it's an incumbent judge running against somebody. Um, so there's a lot of information you can just find as simple as just Googling it. And then also, everybody 
usually knows a lawyer. So you can text or call a lawyer if they're in your county or circuit, ask them what they think about the the judicial candidates, um, who they're voting for and why. Um, if they know, you know, what philosophy you have that you can even ask them because I've had some honest conversations with people that have asked me that I know have a different philosophy than me. And I say, these guys are more your kinds of judges or, you know, these gals are more your kinds of judges and kind of point them in that direction saying, this is what I think. And this is what they do. So you can ask lawyers who have been in front of some of these judges or who have worked with or against some of the lawyers that become judges, which is always a fun conversation. If it's a lawyer I've worked against a lot now running for judge, some of them I really like, you know, and some of them I've had bad experiences with. So it all just depends, you know, throughout your career, how you feel about a judge. But those are probably the best two sources to find out this type of information on judges. People also need to get out. There are judges forums where the judges are speaking. Judges go and teach classes at elementary schools and and are involved in the community. Go meet that judge. Talk to that judge. Ask that judge questions so that you get to know these people. Well, and that's going to get to and that's going to get to our last point. So why is this so important? Why is it so important picking and voting for the judges that we actually have that opportunity to do that in our counties and circuits? Most everybody in this county is going to at, at some point be affected by a ruling that a judge makes whether it's a traffic ticket, whether it's a small claims court suit, whether it's a suit, if you've been arrested or you've been a victim of a crime, you're going to appear in court before a judge is a victim. Whether you get in a car accident, whether you have bad construction on your house, whether somebody breaches a contract, whether somebody steals something from you, whether you know, you're at fault in an accident. I mean, everyday life things, whether you get a divorce, uh, whether you go through an adoption. I mean, all, you're, all of these people in these situations are dealing with the judges, and you may not think you're going to go in front of a judge right now because nothing's going on in your life, but there will come a time where, most likely, there will come a time where you come before one of these judges and you actually have the opportunity to pick them. So people complain about judges in their cases sometimes. Well, you have the opportunity to handpick which judge you like the best. Right. And that's why it's so important that we have elections in Florida. We're one of those states where you can elect the judge because you only have yourself to blame if a bad judge gets in there. So be involved. Talk to these judges. Talk to people you know and vote. And get out and vote and don't skip the judges section. Right. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody, for listening in. Hit us up if you have any questions or any other topics you want to hear.